When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, one man too about to join us on the program was one of Australia's original commentators throughout the 1980s, did a lot of presenting on television, has written books. His name is Peter Mears. Peter joins us on the program. Afternoon to you, Peter. G'day, Waddow. How are you? G'day, Peter. G'day, uh, Peter. It's Peter to Peter. Hey, Peter. <laughs> Peter to Peter, yeah. <laughs> uh, memories of Peter Alatini, Peter Mears? Yeah, brilliant midfielder. Oh, that, 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 yeah, I don't know about the word brilliant. Where to go, Pete? Straight away. Well done. Remember you well. Did you score a try in that uh, memorable test that was 39-34 uh, or something when Jonah scored the winning try in Sydney? I sure did. I got I to meet Pi inside Jonah, so I uh, always thank the big man for you that. You scored three tries in the first 10 minutes, didn't you? Your <laughs> we, team? We did, we did. We got off to a cracker start, Pete. Uh, it was a terrific match that and those were the great old days of rugby for both <laughs> our countries wasn't it yeah. <laughs> much happier time uh, absolutely hey so Peter uh, Wales tomorrow um, how concerned are you do you believe we can get this do you believe you can get this done uh, do you deserve to get it done uh, I mean and, and ultimately what does it ultimately mean if you do beat Wales other than maybe extending your tournament by another week Look, I think there's still hope. It's a, there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I thought we were awful against Fiji. But having said that, Fiji uh, have been underestimated by everybody, I think. They're a pretty good side now. I think you probably saw them. And, um, you know, they've now got skills that they've acquired through playing and being coached by Europeans. And um, uh, Fiji, uh, uh, no pushover, that's for sure. But Wales, different kettle of fish. I really think the Wallabies, over the period of years, have had the wood on Wales. I mean, if you look back the last couple of years, we've lost three of the last four. But the last match, we were down at half-time, 20 points to 13, and then they scored after half-time, and everyone thought, oh, that's the end of that match. Well, we won it, 39 to 34. It was a terrific comeback by the Wallabies, and that was the discovery of that brilliant winger, Mark Nwonga Nitawasi, who's one of the new breed that uh, Eddie Jones and selectors have picked that uh, are coming through pretty well. But you do need experience and you need size. And um, I think the loss of Will Skelton and Taniela Tupo is a huge blow for the Wallabies. That helped them to dominate in the set play against Georgia in their first win. But uh, you could see with no Skelton and no Lomu, there's a completely different look about their tight play. Uh, I think they can still win. I'm very impressed with Ben Donaldson at, fly, at uh, fullback, and he scored 25 points in the game against Georgia. Uh, he's got all the skills for a fly half. He has played quite a bit at fly half, and so I can't see that being a problem. And also, I like Andrew Kellaway at fullback. He's very reliable, good tackler. Um, a different kind of player to Jordan Pattaya, who they've had at fullback before, who's a bit risky. He's a brilliant individual attacker, but he's not that great in defence. Uh, summing it all up, Watto, I think it is a must-win game for Australia against Wales. Um, 
but I think they can pull it off. Peter, just with the, what I mentioned, the state of the game, we know what, what, what is online um, at, at the World Cup, but what is the talk back home? Where's, is, uh, I, I, you know, I've seen a little bit of social media by the ex-players, but in your um, opinion, what is what is the chat been at home with, I suppose, with Eddie and then obviously the rest of the team? Well, it's been pretty well gloom and doom in the media and social media, coffee shops, people, rugby clubs talking amongst themselves. It's pretty sad because everyone realises if we lose, it's the worst performance by the Wallabies at the World Cup, going out in the pool play and losing to Fiji, which we haven't done for 69 years, of course. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of people piling on uh, uh, the, the Australian rugby's administration in recent times and Eddie Jones. Eddie's been in the job for five months and he's won one game out of seven. But you've got to remember how the opposition were and it's no pushover playing in the rugby championship against the All Blacks and Springboks. And even Argentina now, we can see how much they've improved. Um, can I just make a general comment? I watched the Broncos play the Warriors last night and I know that the Warriors are the talk of the town in Auckland and the All Blacks perhaps have lost a bit of their gloss because of a couple of losses recently. But I've got to say, I thought the Warriors were dreadful. And the skills in the game, I called rugby league for 17 years, and I don't think the game is as good as it used to be. The scrums are dreadful. The tackling is pathetic. They very rarely tackle one-on-one. -on -one, and uh, everyone goes high around the shoulders. Hmm. I, I, There's a lot of head knocks. Okay, Peter, but, and but I just think the game as a spectacle isn't anywhere near as attractive as it used to be when I was calling the game. But anyway, that's just a personal opinion I thought I'd throw in there. Yeah, but and I think rugby has improved in its skills. Yeah, mind you, if you're new to rugby and you're watching that game this morning between Ireland and France, you're not going to come away overly entertained. You've got to be a purist, understand the subtleties of the dark art and actually what was at stake in the true test match side of it. Um, you mean Ireland, South Africa? Ireland, South Africa. My apologies, Ireland, yeah. South Africa. Um, look, you know, there's been this big call, hasn't there? We've had Robbie Deans as a coach. Um, we've gone from there and we had um, Dave Rennie and, you know, all the Australian form. Oh, we've got to have an Australian coach. We've got to put an Australian coach in place. I, I, I still felt, for all the losses that Dave Rennie had had, I still felt that he was building something quite nicely. He was building some depth. He had that nice combination between youth and experience. He, I mean, the administrators, if, if they lose tomorrow they, they've got to take some responsibility here for this chopping and changing mentality and this we've got to have an Australian coach because I mean if Dave Rennie can't get the job done I'm not sure anybody can Yeah I think Eddie talks a good game, he's a terrific <laughs> PR man and Dave Rennie was a quiet achiever and he actually had some very good performances uh, if you look back over his record but Sadly, overall, his, his winning rate was something like 37%, mm. and you can't put up with that. You know, it just wasn't good enough. So they had the administrators had every reason to get rid of him and bring someone else in, and Eddie had a pretty good record with England. I think he had a win percentage of over 70. So on paper, you'd have to say it was a good choice. And I, I like Eddie's can-do attitude. He's certainly a very good promoter of the game, and what he did if not win matches, he got the game back in headlines in the in the media. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and Peter, Peter, I admire him for that because the game is so 
um, what's the word here, sterile here. We have taken all the personnel out of the game. Um, all the players just, you know, have been drilled and just sound like robots. That We don't know nothing about the coaches and the managers. You look at sport overseas that have the personalities and there's a much higher level of engagement. And for those reasons, I like Eddie because at least he brings the spotlight back to the game. At least he provides something for people to stand around and talk about, which is more than what New Zealand rugby do across anything. Yeah, I can see your point. Uh, and for a country like New Zealand with such a proud record, arguably the greatest rugby country in the world, uh, I think you know you could argue that case very strongly. And recent results have not gone your way. It's been very disappointing. But I can tell you in the eyes of Australian rugby fans, you, you guys are still a magnificent rugby country and we love watching the way you play. I think the Australians and New Zealanders play a similar style of game. Certainly a lot of emphasis in backline play. And I was just watching that game between Ireland and South Africa. I thought the backline play from both teams was really sadly lacking. It was unimaginative, flat-footed, uh, all the emphasis was on uh, defence mm. and there were no brilliant moves at all really in the game. It was a forward struggle, let's be honest. Yep. And that's the way you win World Cups. <laughs> and I, I said to my wife before I watched it, this will be won by penalty <laughs> kicks or field goals. And uh, I wasn't far out. But anyway, it was a titanic struggle and Ireland proved that they've got the best defence in the world. That's why they're ranked number one in the world. That's but I can see New Zealand or France coming up and knocking off both those countries. That's a, that's a great prediction by you, my brother Pete. <laughs> I think the I think we know in the World Cup time that the game plans do change and the teams that are able to execute accordingly and, and what they do best, I suppose, are the ones that come up top. We know these two teams are the best in their defensive and, and, and kind of we understand the game is, is going to be to win the intensity or the collision battle. Um, and, and I know the backs that um, for some don't really uh, come through. But I suppose for me in the game against Wales for Australia and what they will have, um, where do you see, I suppose I'm trying to, they play a width game, but where do you see Australia really trying to attack Wales um, in this game tomorrow? Well, I think through the backs, mm. uh, if there's any area where the Wallabies can really impress, it's the back line. Uh, but to do that, you've got to get some front football, and I'm, I'm a bit concerned, uh, worried firstly about the leadership because Dave Parecki has been named as captain. He's the fifth captain they've had since Eddie Jones took over. Um, he's a, re a, res a pretty reliable sort of hooker player, mm. Uh, but is he a leader? And what pressure to put on a young bloke who's relatively new to the game? Tate McDermott's vice-captain, and he's in the same category. He's not a complete player yet. But Eddie Jones is backing his attacking mentality, and he's picked as good a team as I think he could have picked, on paper at least. Uh, I, th I think if uh, they can get a reasonable share of ball, the Wallaby backs will do enough to score enough points. Okay, Peter. If Donaldson's a, a very good goal ticket kicker, mm. as you saw in that first match against Georgia. So, as I said before, rugby World Cup <laughs> matches are always won by penalty kicks and uh, field goals. Donaldson won't let them down, that's nice. for sure. Okay, if you're Warren Gatland and you're sitting down there with Wales and you've done your week analysis on the Australian, I imagine it's a lot longer than that, how are you targeting Australia? How do you beat Australia if you're Wales? Breakdowns. 
I think the back row for Wales has been very impressive. They're a new look back row, a new look forward pack really under Jack Morgan and uh, they've been very impressive uh, in recent games, not perhaps so a year or so ago when they first came together, but they're getting experience. Uh, that The back row, the breakdown against Fiji was sadly lacking for the Australians. I couldn't believe how bad they were. But if you look at someone like Fraser McWright matched up against the Fijians, he was just too small. There wasn't enough size in the pack. Uh, with no Will Skelton and Taniela Tupo, it's, it's, they're outweighed and outmuscled and their techniques pretty good but if you're a small man up against a big man the back row generally is where it's decided and that's where Wales have been pretty impressive so that's what I would be saying if I was Gatland attack them at the back row and commit more players to the breakdown so you dominate that area and get possession starve the wallabies of ball play the game in their half and they've got a very good goal kicker so that's probably what they'll do they'll try and dominate up front in the tight play and then kick the penalty goals. Peter, we appreciate your time this afternoon on the program. I think um, Peter Alatini just wants you to call him brilliant one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone called Peter, I call brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Great call, Peter. (laughs) Lovely to have you on the program. Peter Mears there out of Australia, one of the original commentators, broadcasters, giving us his thoughts on this Wallabies-Wales game. Mouthwatering for a whole lot of different reasons tomorrow.